Welcome to NetFront Presence. I'm Jeff Gordon, Post-Dispatch, with a bit of a scratchy voice today, joined by Jim Thomas, intrepid Blues beat reporter. No post-mortem this week, at least uh, for the Blues. JT, a very impressive uh, finish to the Minnesota series. Uh, the trend that started in Game 5 in the third period really carried over in periods 2 and 3 in Game 6, and, and just a thorough showing uh, from, the, from the Blues. Yeah, they definitely closed strong, Jeff. What, 15-5 uh, to five was the combined score of uh, the last three games of the uh, series. And a uh, strong goaltending by Bennington. Looks, looks like vintage Bennington. Who knows what we'll see uh, uh, from him against Colorado. But he's playing with a lot of confidence. And, uh, you know, his numbers aren't great against Colorado's. But not many goalies have uh, great-looking numbers against uh, Colorado. But I, the Blues come out of the series, Jeff. I think with, you know, they're a confident team to begin with, but I think they come out with even more confidence. They, uh, uh, they took care of, uh, they took care of a really good Minnesota team. And when you look at it, what only, uh, only three of the five series went less than seven games. And, and so uh, uh, the, the blue should take uh, some pride and draw some confidence out of closing out the wild in six. One of the real uh, positives uh, is the the chief finding something with the 11-7 configuration that allowed him to use Scott Perunovic to do his best Tory Krug imitation on the power play and, and yet still be able to spread some minutes out and keep guys out of harm's way on the blue line and then also utilize the fourth line with uh, adding a scorer to uh, Bozak and Torpchenko to make that line dangerous in spot duty. Really, it just all, all of that came together nicely. Uh, good personnel management by the Chief there against the Wild. Yeah, and it was all uh, right preceding uh, uh, game four and uh, uh, changed up the lines. Now he's, he, he's, he's since uh, put uh, uh, Thomas back uh, between uh, Tarasenko and, and Barbashev. But, uh, yeah, you're right. I, I would fully expect as long as there is no uh, Tory Krug, that we will see eleven and seven with uh, Perunovic because he's done a done a really good job. We talked to Perunovic today. We'll we'll have something on him in the very near uh, future. But just it's just amazing. It was just a matter of I don't know a couple of weeks after we saw him out here, and I'm I'm speaking to you, Jeff from Centene. Still got several hours before I get on my flight. But uh, we saw him out here, it seemed like just two, I don't know, two, three weeks ago, if that long, uh, skating, basically holding his stick with one hand, the, the surgically repaired wrist, he wasn't using it. And now he's out here running the power play and, and firing shots. And uh, again, they, I, 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 I'd be very surprised, uh, no stunned, I guess, if they don't open with 11-7. Krug was not on the ice today. He will make the trip, but the chief said it's just to kind of get his rehab uh, uh, with the team and be with the team. I mean, obviously the, the trainers and everything will be in Denver. So he's on the trip. Now, Scandella skated today, but, but he was not on the top three lines and the chief pretty much in the case, hey, just out there practicing. I, he's, he's not going to, to, to be available uh, at the start of the series uh, either, but uh uh, I think even if Scandella returns, I think they still go 11-7. I, I think uh, Scandella would probably replace Rosen or maybe Mikola, but I think probably Mikola's played a little better overall than Rosen. Not that Rosen's been bad. But anyway, again, as long as Krug's not in there, I think we're going to see 11-7. 
Yeah, I'm a little uh, little worried uh, on the blue line. Um, just uh, having watched um, when you have Bortuzzo and, and Nico, my guy, you know, love both these guys. But boy, when they're out there together and the other team's got movement flying around and circling in the offensive zone, it, it, it would be better if you could have one mobile guy with one physical guy in your matchups. Right now, that's not really possible, or at least not, not on a regular basis. So uh, and against Colorado, I mean, this is going to be a challenge, especially on the road where uh, they can get the matchups, the Lanch can, that the Lanch want. Um, gotta, I got to think that the uh, that third pairing is going to be under some duress. Not, not exactly a puck mover in those two. I mean, uh, God, God, uh, God bless him. Now, maybe Perunovic works in there uh, with uh, with Bortuzzo a little bit. He he got most of his five on five minutes with uh, with Pareko and uh, with Falk, but uh, who knows now? He's got his legs under him a little bit. Maybe maybe they'll uh, they'll put him in there with Bartuzo. But uh, yeah, you're you're exactly right, and we all know at times uh, Colorado can be mesmerizing with their offense, just the the skating ability. I mean, it's like watching the ice capades or something the way they uh, 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 the way they skate. And, and so yeah, that'll that'll be an issue. Uh, Interesting you mentioned that, Jeff, because the today in practice, a lot of drills related to, I guess I'll call it pace and uh, two, you know, odd man rushes. So uh, uh, they, they know what they're getting into against Colorado. Obviously, uh, very familiar with this foe. Yeah, when you look at uh, Colorado, uh, really a, a much different team than Minnesota. I mean, Colorado can sustain pressure, certainly can cycle, but they're just so scary off the rush. I mean, um, I, I think if you were to say who are the which or name the top four players in the entire series, they may have the top four guys with McCarr and McKinnon, uh, Miko Rantanen and Gabriel Landeskog. Then the Blues might have ten of the next eleven or twelve uh, might be theirs because <laughs> they've got the depth. But the problem is with with Colorado, you can hold them down for seventeen minutes, but if they start a period, catch a break, score a goal, and at the end of the period, the a bounce goes their way and they they score a goal. You know, you, you're down two nothing, and you may have outplayed them for almost the entirety of a period. But they have such quick strike ability that, yes. uh, and just game breaking ability that I mean, it is at at any moment one of those guys can burst loose. Yeah, yeah, and no, no disrespect at all to uh, the Minnesota Wild, but yeah, more high end players on Colorado uh, than than the Wild, and the difference is on the defense. This is the highest scoring defense in the league. Obviously, Kim McCarr with a league-leading 28 goals for, for a D-man. But uh, they've got other guys that can put it in the net. I think Devin Tays had, in the four-game sweep in Nashville, had three three goals. They are, I think, 60, something like 64 goals they scored uh, on their defense, which was 11 more than the second-place team in the regular season in terms of D-man scoring. And it's not just their scoring ability, but uh, as you mentioned, the uh, just the overall speed. Guys like... Uh, uh, Taze and Gerard, even uh, Byram, they can they can skate, they can move the puck. So that's that's the difference, I think. The the Minnesota overall didn't really have that ability with their blue line, so you can't just concentrate totally maybe on like stopping a Kaprizov. You can't kind of do that with a McKinnon because if you do, you're going to forget about the back end and they, they can, they can burn you with the back end. And again, it's not just with scoring it's with transition. It's with, with, uh, you know, getting, getting the offense started. Yeah. And you know, McCarr is just like 
there are only a handful of truly unique players in the league. There's so much talent in the league, so much skill. Connor McDavid with his acceleration is a unique player. Uh, Kale McCarr is a unique player. I mean, he could just, his ability to make you look ridiculous uh, ranks at, at or near the, at worst, number two in the entire league in terms of making you look stupid with, uh, with McJesus being the only guy ahead of him. But he could, and maybe Kale's ahead of Connor because you just imagine he's coming down the ice. What are you going to do? You step up on him. Eh, that's probably going to end badly. You, you could, you could kind of try to try to stay between him and the goal, but that's, eh, that's not going to be easy either. And he's going to back you right into your own, you know, goaltender. I mean, it is, he is truly um, almost a revolutionary talent at a time when there's so many good offensive defensemen, the time when there's such a high level of skill on the blue line, he is still on a whole other level. I mean, it's stupid. Yeah, we, we all know it's well established how much uh, the, the chief likes uh, Kaprizov. Well, he speaks almost as glowingly about Makar as he does about Kaprizov. And even today he talked about just how, uh, just exactly to your point, Jeff, that players like that, he said, those kind of guys don't come around that often. And, and again, chief isn't one of these lavish guys with his praise. So he he knows what a, uh, what a problem Makar is going to be. And you could say, okay, the Blues are a heavy team. They, they, they still, maybe not as heavy as the Cup, but they still pound on people. With McCarr, though, you gotta, you got to slow them down long enough to put a hit on him. I mean, that's, that's, that's not easy to hit a, uh, hit a moving target. So, yeah. I mean, there are some people that will tell you McCarr is more of a key to Colorado's success than McKinnon. I mean, he's, he's definitely, definitely a handful. Yeah, one thing to mention on McKinnon, though, he is – highly motivated, uh, famously uh, having stated after the previous playoff failure that he'd been there uh, for, for a while and he hadn't won, to paraphrase, anything uh, since he's been there. So he's a guy that knows as his time has gone on in Colorado, they've been better than Edmonton under McDavid by a lot, but they still haven't gotten to the finish line. And JT, if the Blues can win a game or two, there's going to be big time pressure. Uh, during this series on Colorado because everybody expects Colorado to win and Colorado expects to play for the cup this year. Colorado hopes to win the cup this year. Colorado's desperate to win the cup this year. So it'll be interesting to see if the blues can break through and win a game or two. If, if there's any sign of pressure on Colorado, knowing what the stakes are that they're not going to have this team beyond this year, they're going to lose people due to the salary cap. And, and people have waited a while for McKinnon to lead them to the promised place. Yeah. If not now, when, that's the question for uh, Colorado. And you're right, all the, all the pressure is on Colorado. Nobody expects the uh, – I think the it was maybe uh, like 70% maybe of the prognostications that picked Minnesota. I, I mean, is there anyone picking the, uh, the Blues in this series? I, I don't think so. They're, they're, they're a heavy, heavy underdogs. That's why I think, I think, and it could all blow up in their faces, I think the Blues – this will be like a game seven for the blues this, this game one. They're going to kind of give ultimate effort. Not that they, they don't always and, and try to steal one in game one. Colorado's had eight days off. Hell, Jeff, for all we know, they, they could have gone down to Cancun for a few days and, and uh, you know, uh, but uh, again, I, I I'm sure they're hoping, okay, maybe they're just not going to be quite as sharp due to the long layoff and uh, come after him. Landeskog with that knee, it's still apparently a little bit of an issue. Uh, I think it's the knee because he, you know, after eight days off yesterday, uh, he took a maintenance day. So something's still bothering him. 
after a week off. So again, I, I think the, the Blues are really going to come in and try to steal one like they did game one uh, up at the XL Energy Center against the Wild. I like uh, some of what we're seeing in terms of, uh, you know, some of the combinations as, you know, Craig Ruby will always move things around and, and try different um, things with his forward lines as he, did, as he did against the Wild. I'm intrigued when uh, Braden Shen can play with O'Reilly and, and Perron because of the ability to add uh, the more physicality. I mean, Brandon Sodge is a sturdy player who goes to the tough areas and he'll win some puck battles for sure. But, but Shen gives you the added element of trying to run over people and, and a little more offensive firepower, the ability to score off the rush and maybe jam the net as well. I kind of like that. that. That loads up two pretty good lines because obviously uh, when you have Thomas and the Russians and they're on their game, they're, they're quite good. And then, if you have Saad down, who's very responsible with Barbashev, who can check, and then Cairo, who's a bit of the wild card, who can use the game breaker, but not as good defensively. Um, I kind of like that, although, you know, the only concern with that type of configuration is, you know, Barbashev's pretty weak on faceoffs, so you're going to have to try to utilize them on, um, you know, uh, on on the move line changes versus sending them out for faceoffs uh, too many because um, – but, you know, when I look at that balance – you know, I think all three of those lines can, can be reasonably good defensively, uh, one very good. And then of course they all can score. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I really like the Shen with O'Reilly and Perron in this series because of what happened. And I know lots of blues fans are trying to blot it out of their memory, but in the series last year, Perron and O'Reilly just, they just got manhandled by uh, the uh, uh, avalanche and uh, Shen, because we forget as skilled as McKinnon and Rantanen and Landis are, And I don't even know if they're, they're on the same line these days. Uh, 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 sometimes they're not, but th they're all pretty big guys too. <coughs> pretty big guys. And so uh, Shen will help. He'll help with his physicality. He'll help keep things. Uh, uh, he'll help keep things honest. And, I wonder if you're Nazim Kadri, maybe the first shift, you might be looking over your shoulder for Shen because you remember that very first game of the season, Shen just went after him like 40 seconds in, you know, kind of a payback for Kadri's uh, cheap shot on, on Falk that knocked, knocked Falk out of the series. But I do, I really like Shen with that line in that series because of that. Uh, Thomas, I thought, is really after a slow start, the last couple of games is really starting to come around offensively and again new series you never know if it'll carry over but he had a bunch of good chances so he he looks like he's on the verge I thought Buchnevich the last couple of games really came around and with Buchnevich you're always going to get you're always going to get good defense I mean I, I almost voted for him for the Selkie in my top three but I I just couldn't pull the uh, trigger but he he's really good defensively and like you say the issue uh, with the uh, with the third line is partly one Barbashev on the faceoffs, and and maybe of all the top nine, I don't know. Uh, he seemed like uh, he was maybe the least effective in the Wild series. But uh, uh, again, uh, Saad uh, will be high. You know, he's a low key guy. We talked to him today, but you know he's highly motivated against the old his former team. Uh, Saad scored three goals against the Blues in the four game sweep last year. So he, he, he's an effective player, kind of guy you look past, but he's kind, kind of lies in the weeds as you're looking at maybe more, more of the marquee guys. And then, boom, oh, he just, he just scored a goal. It was interesting, too, but Ruby said today that he, he was looking at film of playoff film of uh, Colorado and Vegas last year, and he was impressed by Saad, just the way he goes to the net, and he's got some speed. And uh, 
you know, obviously he wants <laughs> he wants uh, more of the same, only against Colorado instead of for Colorado. Boy, uh, there was a, there had to be some some um, people welling up with pride when uh, when our boy uh, Chovchenko made that power move to the to the net. Um, that that's he doesn't have a huge offensive arsenal, but he has been willing to bang around. Uh, he got some uh, some additional shifts against Minnesota because the games got to a good place where they could utilize uh, all their players, and he made the most of it. And you know the size, the speed, he'll attack the net. Um, I don't mind those two guys. I mean, Bozak's not the fastest guy, obviously, at this point. He knows where to be. You, you put a, an explosive player with them um, on a spot shift against uh, Colorado, you might catch them napping because uh, it's interesting that, that 11-7 gives them a chance to create really, a, again, that fourth threat by giving another winger, one of his top wingers, more ice time uh, with, the, with the occasional double shift. Yeah, yeah. It, it's been an effective tool. Tarasenko has gotten uh... – a decent amount of minutes with them, Perron, and, and as you mentioned, a couple of the other, uh, a couple of the other wingers. I'm sure that'll uh, continue. And the forwards, the top nine guys, they 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 like, you know, maybe it's a couple extra shifts a game that they're getting. I mean, they, you know, uh, if you're a scorer, you like to be out there with chances to uh, to score. So that's that that's been very effective. Bozak, given where he is in his career, I thought has has been pretty effective in the playoffs much more so I, I think than we saw of him in the regular season. It's, and, and it's good to see you, you want experienced players because you think in theory, they're going to show up in, in the playoffs. And, 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 and that has, uh, that has come to fruition with Bozak. And also, again, you look at the, their top goal scorers were, were, were O'Reilly, Perron and Tarasenko. Now they, they still, I think over the long haul, they need, you know, guys like Shen and Thomas and Barbashev, uh, need to get going. Saad did get a, a a goal in the series, and, and uh, but you'd like to see more of the other guys pop up. And but like we said, Thomas looks very close. Uh, Buchnevich is getting some good chances. Uh, Shen as well. So I think it'll come. I, I or at least the possibility is there for for those guys to score some goals against the uh, Wild. Jordan Bennington was especially effective because of his ability to handle the puck. Minnesota wanted to pin you in. They wanted to, you know, get the puck in, forecheck, uh, cycle, particularly with their grief line. Uh, Jordan was able, his puck handling was huge against the Wild. He had a very strong finish to that series. But now, again, going back to what you saw in practice today, uh, you're facing a team that's going to do a lot of damage off the rush. So the question for, for Jordan Bennington will be, uh, you know, rush saves. He's going to see some two-on-ones. He's going to see some clean break-ins. Um, he's going to have to, you know, play the angles, make a lot of tough saves, try to control rebounds, try to keep the weak side from being exploited. Uh, really a different type of challenge. Again, against a, with elite guys coming in, uh, quite a test for Jordan Bennington uh, and a different test, I think, than what he faced against the Wild. Yeah, yeah, for, for sure. And uh, even with his struggles this year, Bennington knew that his record, his career record against Minnesota was excellent. But again, and I, I haven't looked at the numbers. I don't have them in front of me. Not, not, not really the case with Colorado. So I think with him, very important that he, you know, he gets off to a strong start and the Blues get off to a, to a strong start just to, so we don't get an instant sense of, oh, here we go again against, uh, uh, against Colorado. But yeah, to, in, in some ways, a totally different kind of challenge. With the uh, with the Avalanche, just because of their their fast pace style of play, I mean, it's like a, a 
you know, the, the greatest show on turf on skates. I mean, they, they really get after you and they can get you in a lot of different ways. And, you know, you, you just got to face it going in. We're going to get out shot. Colorado's a high volume team, but the more you can just limit them to those outside shots, limit the rush chances as much as you can, you're going to have a chance. Well, the good news for the Blues is, you know, they basically at this point, you can say they've had a successful season. They've integrated a lot of good young players who've made great strides. Um, you know, this is they know that their better years are to come. They're in a bit of a process right now going up against a team that is in win now mode. But, you know, you kind of sense with these guys because they've been through so many situations. Um, it, it's kind of a nice role to have. Uh, to be the, the team that's uh, probably the, the least expected to advance of the surviving teams uh, right now. I mean, that's something I think they can embrace. And, and these guys have been through so much by, by this point, the veterans on this team, that um, I think it's actually could be a pretty useful mindset to have going in. It's just, you know, hey, look, they're, it's on them. They're, they're supposed to win. We're going to go in and see what we can take and see if we can't do something with these guys. And, it's, and it just embrace the challenge and the opportunity because really – you hate to say the phrase found money or whatever, but it kind of is for the blues, really. It really is. And it's, it's not all that different from where they were in terms of, like you said, no, no one expecting much out of them. And not that different from where they were in 1819 uh, during the, the cup run. Now at the top of the West, there isn't a behemoth like uh, uh, Colorado is now, but uh, I really think, and you know, uh, truth be told, I, I don't think the blues are going to, going to win this series but if they do i think they're going to the cup i i think they're gonna i'm not saying they're gonna win the cup but if they get somehow get past colorado i i i think they're gonna beat whoever's left uh in the other half of the uh uh bracket I, the blues i mean they don't talk about it that much the us against the world but they I, you can tell it's there they sense it and it, not only uh the underdog and house money attitude but just a, a little bit of chip on their on their shoulders i mean you know almost all these other teams in the playoffs have superstars on their teams and here come the blues the so-called uh, collection of 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 good to really good players that the doug armstrong uh template and uh, uh again it, it may not happen they may get embarrassed like they did last year getting outscored what was it 20 to 7 in in a four-game sweep but i i think they're in a really good mindset this is a better team a deeper team when you consider the additions of Bucinavich and Saad and Nick Luddy. Uh, uh, so uh, I, I think they're in a, they're in a pretty good place. Now I'm not saying Gary Bettman sent out a memo to the officials or anything, but if you're Gary Bettman, you've got to be really happy to have the battle of Alberta on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah how about how about that matchup and how about the uh you know the the florida the battle of south florida i guess we'll call it some great matchups and then uh you know i the, the the carolina rangers is intriguing i'm sure the league is ecstatic to have new york at getting uh some of those tv sets up there uh watching uh uh the rangers and and plus style of play i mean uh, Calgary likes to play wide open Edmonton too. Although I don't think Edmonton's defense, our goaltending is, is, is as good as, uh, as Calgary's. Then, then you have Tampa, which can play just about any way you want against Florida, the, the, the league's top scoring, uh, uh, team and uh, Carolina, although they play good defense they're they're an exciting team to watch and, and, and the Rangers as well. So, 
this is going to be, uh, I don't know how much of the other games I'll be able to watch, but it's, it's, it's a, it's a fun, uh, uh, second round. That's, that's for sure. I, I don't think if you're the league, you could ask for much more. No, nor could you ask for a better finish to the first round. The blues were kind of dull because they were really good at the end of their series. Obviously, uh, Colorado just stepped all over, uh, Nashville, uh, bringing to life, uh, the prediction from, uh, Daryl Sutter about a waste of, uh, eight days. It took seven for them to get rid of the, <laughs> the predators with, with no effort. I mean, with no seeming effort. Um, but the boy, I tell you what, you, you know, game seven overtimes. Yeah. Bring it on. I mean, it yeah. was an excellent, excellent, uh, uh, finish to the first round and and uh and compared to what's what happened in some of the nba games where the bucks didn't show up for game seven for instance uh yeah. very nice the league is and at a time when the league was getting uh new networks involved getting back on espn getting the tnt folks involved getting new voices and in, in, in new outlets uh very timely i think i think gary bettman for all the abuse <laughs> i've given him over the years man he's got to feel good about where the game is heading into this second round yeah, how about Jake Ottinger last night? Was he? Oh, he was unbelievable! He was just unbelievable. And and Calgary is another one of those high volume teams, but uh, and but when they start swarming, it's like ah. Now they're they're probably not not quite as deep as uh, uh in in terms of their forwards as as Colorado, but uh, uh, yeah, they're an interesting team. But I I totally agree, Jeff. And and so they they're getting maybe some new new viewers. I think. Uh, uh, ESPN and TNT are probably more readily available than, than NBC uh, uh, sports network. So yeah, it, I don't think the, the, the first round could have, could have gone better. And I'm happy to report that uh, Darren Pang, although, you know, no more uh, uh, Bally sports Midwest. Uh, and it's unfortunate not to have uh, J- John Kelly on the call, but Panger has uh, been assigned the blues Colorado uh, series. So uh, uh, at least you'll have one guy that's uh, obviously uh, utterly familiar totally familiar with the blues. Well, and this is a bit of an inside joke here, but I hope that Panger's okay because uh, it had to hit him hard that Pierre Maguire got uh, turfed from his uh, front office job <laughs> with the, uh, the senators not long after the owner died. Um, I know that was, a, that was a hard one for Darren. I hope he's able to go, go forward and continue to do the fine job he's done. Um, and then looking around the league, uh, just real quickly before we wrap up here on the net front, um, couple of moves today. Uh, I was a little surprised. I was, I was surprised Barry Trotz got clipped in New York. I think he's a great coach, did a great job with the Islanders. Yes. But when you get, you clip him and then you, then you name his top assistant to replace him after saying he needed a new voice. And this, mind you, Lane Lambert's a guy that devised the, you know, and, and implemented this defensive scheme that has served very so well. That one's a bit of a head scratcher uh, and maybe not as much of a head scratcher, Peter DeBoer getting uh, the short haircut. Yeah, yeah. You wondered uh, you, you, when when uh, Vegas lost, but uh, or excuse me, didn't make the playoffs. But also just the whole the the way the whole Robin Leonard thing was handled. Uh, you you kind of thought maybe yeah that that's the way it was going to go. But yeah, the trots is uh, uh, it, it's hard to figure. Let, let's remember now they had a new stadium. They were rushing to get finished on Long Island, and so they played their first thirteen games on the road which couldn't be easy. They had all kinds of uh, uh, injury problems early in the season and, and probably COVID problems too, back when uh, uh, the uh, the protocols there were more stringent. They were, they were pretty good down the stretch. 
I remember when the Blues played them in, uh, I guess it was uh, March. They they had one of the best records in the league since the All Star break. So yeah, I I don't I don't know. Maybe Lane Lambert's going to do it, but I I don't know how they think they're going to get a better guy than uh, Barry Trotz, given what they have there. And as I uh, pointed out on STL today, man, if you're uh, if you're uh, Winnipeg, and you know Trotz is a Manitoba guy, so there's no you don't have to talk him into working in Manitoba like you might with some coaches. Uh, he's sure. from there. He's in the Manitoba, in the Manitoba Hall of Fame, and uh, I mean, if you look, you get you put Barry Trotz coaching the Jets. You got a hell of a bucket goal. You clean up their defensive play. They've got some good young D men coming along. You got to clean up their defensive play. Figure out what to do with Mark Scheifele since he got a little pissy in his uh, post uh, mortem uh, news conference. Uh, but you've got talent on that team. That's a yes. good team if they get organized. Now I felt bad for Dave Lowry, a former Blue, good guy, covered him mm-hmm. when he played. But he, he just couldn't get them to the level. And Paul Maurice couldn't right. get them to the level. But, man, you put Trotz in charge of that group and get them to organize a little bit, get a system yeah. in place. Yeah. Man, I, I tell you what, they could be they could be a handful. For sure. And, you know, a guy like Kyle Connor that's, that's just really emerging. And, and uh, 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 you know, they they gave the Blues fits. The, the Blues didn't have losing records against many teams in the league. I think maybe four four teams. And, and uh, Winnipeg was one. And so, yeah, I, uh, with the right hire, I, and like you say, clean up the defense a little bit. They, they can be right back in the, uh, in the picture in the, uh, in the, uh, the central division. I, I don't know uh, what's the solution there in uh, Vegas. You know, I just wondered, I've, I've always thought, I, like everybody that's familiar with the, the blues, we, we think highly of Steve Ott. I, I, I just wonder if, does he have enough experience? Has he had enough seasoning? Uh, is he ready? I don't, I don't know. Maybe you want a bigger splash. That seems to be the Vegas way. Uh, but uh, I, I, I just wonder if, uh, if, if Steve Ott is ready. And, uh, and who knows? Maybe we're, we're overestimating uh, his reputation around the uh, league. But, you know, uh, uh, this year uh, he's run the power play. And, uh, oh, by the way, they, they set a franchise record for power play efficiency this year. Yeah, I think with so many teams looking for a coach, JT, that, uh, you know, Jim Montgomery has done a nice job. He's he rehabbed the image. He's done good work under the chief. Uh, Mike Van Ryan did good work before he got here as a player, more of a player developmental guy. Uh, you know, he's a guy that's well-regarded. So uh, this is a good coaching staff with guys. I would not be surprised to see one of these guys get a, at least one of these guys get, you know, serious consideration, if not a job elsewhere, because uh, this is a the heck of a staff. And really, again, this has been a heck of a season now that you're into the elite eight. You look at some of the players who are home and you look at the blues being in there. Um, blues fans need to take a minute and, and realize, Hey, this was, this was pretty good. And now, you know, you go take your shot. So, I mean, you, you know what your D you know what the deal is, you know what you're up against, you know, and maybe, you know, this team, this team will have to get better and better to win, but you know, it's done it before. Yeah, it has, it has done it before I, before the playoffs started, I saw, uh, uh, it was on the road, I think, uh, Doug Armstrong uh, before the morning skate. And I said, hey, Doug, I want at least two rounds out of you guys. And uh, while well, we reached round two, Armstrong's reply was, well, I want more than two rounds. But uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, and I know we got to go. But, Jeff, Toronto Maple Leafs, oh. was it 2004 since they've made it out of the first round? How is that possible? You know, and they're right there. And, you know, people who cover the team and the national analysts are like saying, well, I don't know what you would change. I mean, Campbell played well in goal. You need more out of Tavares for sure. You know, but, you know, geez, Marner, Matthews, these guys, Morgan Riley stepped up. I mean, they, they get, man, they took their shot. And, you know, how crushing is that for Toronto fan? Oh. Like you say, it's been forever. And that's a talented team. 
but on that side of the league, oh, look at your first round opponent. Oh, great. You know, you're not playing, no offense, Dallas Stars. You're not playing, no offense, LA Kings. You know, you're you're already playing for keeps. And they just came up short. I mean, and if the league could have had one more thing, I think they would have taken Toronto over Tampa Bay just for the newness of it and that market. If Batman put out a memo, he would have wanted that one. And I think if that had happened, he would have been, you know, really as much as the Florida thing is great for Florida and have that matchup in the second round, having Toronto in the second round would have been huge. Yeah. Yeah. I think it is great for the growth of the league that uh, uh, this, these good teams in the South, uh, Tampa, Florida, and, and Carolina, uh, as far as the growth of the game, but yeah, it had uh, Calgary and Edmonton lost the game sevens. Our friends to the North would have been the, catatonic i think but at least you got a you got the battle of alberta and that that is just going to be uh that's going to be crazy and down in south florida we'll have some more people navigating their way through the alligators to get to the sunrise to, to yeah. hopefully fill the arena for those games well that's uh that's been jim thomas i'm jeff gordon we hope to have tom timmerman back uh let, let's shoot for a net front on friday if we can between uh, games uh, two and three We'll take a shot, see if we can't get uh, do two this week because it's postseason hockey. But for now, for Jim Thomas, I'm Jeff Gordon. Uh, until next time, from Net Front Presence, see ya.